Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Casinos USA. It's Janie and Coach Fab today. Hey, Janie, we started these back in September of 2016, and this is the third time we've done a Casinos USA group therapy. So let's just talk a little bit about what this is about. Hi, everyone. It's Jane. I do believe we do need a third therapy session. It seems that some some people don't want to believe us. They think we're creating these figures uh, of how well casinos are doing. But, you know, we have the facts. The financial report for America's casinos, despite the inflationary period, give us the facts. For example, in Pennsylvania, our combined casino revenues were nearly half a billion dollars higher than they were in the previous year. And so try $5.21 billion in revenues from our 16 casinos in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're making profits from almost everything. The revenues are increasing from slot machines, these fantastic sports books, the state legal betting apps, and, you know, surprisingly, casino table games profits are up 7%. Well, back in Las Vegas, both at the Strip and on Fremont Street, they're setting new records in the last several months. 2023 seems to be off and running. Clearly, Allegiant Stadium and the T-Mobile Arena have brought a new flow of energy to the Strip, and the next Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. After Well, the next one's this Sunday, but the one in 24 is in Las Vegas. Yeah, and you know, well, what is coming in 2023 is Formula One racing. Right, right. All these activities are just adding to the revenue and adding to the visitors. Now, the Raiders weren't a playoff team, but there's a really great chance that the Golden Knights, the hockey team, um, is going to be in the playoffs. And, of course, the WNBA, which comes out of Las Vegas, the women's they won, basketball, yes. they're, the, they're the champs. And they you know, won the national championship, And yes. they could definitely repeat, and they're definitely going to be a playoff team. Right, they have some really... Uh, very strong players. And bigger and bigger entertainers want to go to back to Las Vegas, just like the old days. Right, they want to have resident status there. Right. I even think uh, Madonna's going to be in Las Vegas in 2023. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. So, Janie, you talked about the social media rants that suggested that we're making up our figures. Right, yes. Well, look, every state, the 34 states that has legalized gambling, they have a gaming control board. So all anyone has to do is just check their state. There's also a National Trade um, Association, the American Casino uh, Trading Group, and they also provide information. But you can get the actual information that the states have just by contacting your casino control right. board. This, this is all public information, so anybody can have it, and that's where we get it. Hey, we both kiddingly put that on there because that's what it seems like to us. I mean, don't be so upset. We know it's an inflationary period, but the attraction to American casinos and to recreational gambling is stronger and stronger and stronger. Hey, I'm going to admit it. Some gambling is out of desperation. You know, people just want to win money because they need money. But most gambling is recreational. The problem is some people just can't stop when it's recreational gambling. There's another problem. A lot of people refer to the younger generation that follows the Gen Xers, which is after the boomers, 
they call them millennials. And we have been corrected many times by several of our grandchildren saying that they are not millennials. They're Gen Zers. Yeah, they're Gen Z. I mean, the millennials followed the Gen Xers. But do you know what? The youngest millennial is now 28 years old. Right. And the Gen Zers go from what, 21 to 28? Specifically in casinos, I mean. All the, all the quarterbacks in the final four teams that were left and the two quarterbacks that are in the Super Bowl are all Gen Z quarterbacks. They're all 27 and younger. Can you imagine? Wow. No, I can't. That's hard to imagine, except that on our latest trip to the Meadows Casino in Washington, Pennsylvania, it's called Hollywood at the Meadows. Um, they have a whole new area in the sports book a whole new arena like in the sports book area where they have um, foosball game they have cornhole games they have a different kind of flooring um, it, there's definitely been a move to try to attract those young people well a casino executive told us that there's no limit this is a quote he said there's no limit to the fun the gen z patrons want to have in a casino and they want social games as well as gambling right. they want to have yes. social games where you know a group of young people can hang out not gamble but they're inside a right. casino that's what they want right they do love that socialization there they like to look at all the big screens also while they're there um the our other casino, Pittsburgh Live in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, also has a whole floor devoted to um, the younger people. Even even those under 21, they can go and look down from the balcony onto the screens and into the bar and into the sports betting, but they can't do it. You can kind of see it in their eyes. I can't wait to get yeah, there. Right, <laughs> right. So um, so here's here's the, the deep question, I think, and that's whether or not the, the record growth in Vegas and in almost every other state where it's gambling is legal, is that growth sustainable? And, Janie, we call this casino group therapy because we're going to answer the deepest question of all. Is, is legalized gambling a good thing? Is it a good thing? Well, I would have to say yes, because you're always going to have gambling. And before all these states had legalized gambling, there was still gambling. But other than in the state of Nevada, and there were a couple other isolated places, it was illegal. But it was still being done, but definitely not on the scale that it is today. Well, here's an example I think all our listeners could appreciate. Okay, it's projected that the Super Bowl betting will reach $16 billion. Now, if it was done illegally... It wouldn't be taxed, but all the taxes that will go to the states with legalized sports betting because of the Super Bowl, that's substantial, and it can change the conditions of situations in those states oh, without increasing the general revenue taxes. Absolutely. absolutely, and if you drive through the state of Indiana, I'll just use it as an example because we've done that so often, they have billboards there that tell you exactly how many casino employees there are in the state of Indiana and how much revenue they have. Con those casinos have contributed to the state revenue. And I think it's uh, thousands of oh, employees. Oh, it, it is. Yeah, and, and millions of dollars. Right, and all the cities or the places where these casinos have been built are all very nice they've all been let's say cleaned up or modernized new if they're in towns or cities they get new sidewalks new street lights uh if they're in somewhat rural areas they still have very 
good lighting outside and activities there. And the other thing is, if you know, if you if you didn't have legalized gambling, in our view, gambling wouldn't go away. It no, would, it would it empower would, right. illegal yeah. gangs right. like the exactly. mafia once like had it, and mm-hmm. they and then all kind of things take place because of the money they get. And so, it's if we're going to have gambling, let's have it legalized and let's have it regulated. Because you know you're going to get paid. <laughs> you know that's not true. When when you had a sports book, you had to worry about whether you're going to get paid if you did win. Right. Yes. And I I just I love sports books. I've liked them from the first time I ever went in one. It's so much fun to go in there and watch games on you know 15 TVs. Because you want to look at all different ones going on when they're going on at the same time, not like the Super Bowl. But um, Or you might want to watch a football game, a hockey game, a horse race, and a car race all at the same time. Well, a few days ago, I have to talk about you a little bit. You won $190, or you did something that I think is like a lesson for anyone who gambles in a, in a casino. You won on kitty glitter $190, and as soon as you won, you cashed out. And you went shopping. I went I mean, to the you mall. You didn't gamble went, it back. You didn't I went w- to the mall that is attached to that <laughs> casino. Yeah. Yes, I did because I had some things, you know, that I had to buy. I know you like to play, but I mean, a lot of people would have put that one ninety back in, but you didn't. No. You did the smartest thing, and that's that's the lesson I think that you and I talk about casino group therapy, and we do it all the other times too. The challenge in a casino is learning to quit when you're ahead. That's a challenge. Right, and I have you know seven grandchildren, so uh, you know birthdays are coming due. Theirs all seem to be in February, March, and April. So uh, yeah, I figured I better either you know go out and get their cards, get some gifts, and uh, save it for them. Well, to those few people, we hope that really do have a gambling addiction, understand that all casinos under law have to provide you with a number you can call where you can find resources because you can ban yourself. Let's just say you decide, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm, I'm $50,000 in debt from gambling. I can't do this anymore. I'm ruling my family. I'm ruling my own health. You can ban yourself from casinos with one simple phone call. And once you do it, it's irreversible. But some people have to do it. Right. there. You, you need to look into what is available when you know you've gone too far and you really do need to have help. And any time I think your family starts to tell you that, you, you better do it. Well, okay, so we hope you appreciate the factual situations that we considered today in casino group therapy. And hey, Janie, thanks for opening the show today. Okay, anytime. Short break, and we'll be right back. Well, in Craps Talk today, which really supersedes um, just the table of craps, you could talk about it with roulette. You can talk about it with Baccarat. I'm going to talk about the Martingale betting strategy. <laughs> That's not a bird we're talking about, okay? It's a betting strategy. Martingale is spelled M-A-R-T-I-N-G-A-L-E and actually originates um, back in 18th century France. And, you know, simply put, all right, it's designed, it's designed so that if you lose a gambling stake, all right, you double your bet after every loss so that you really can never completely lose. You'll never lose. You'll always win back your original stake. But play around with figures. You know, you lose 10, you bet 20. You lose 20, you bet 40. You lose 40, you bet 80. You know, you can see that quickly you're going to approach the table limits because Las Vegas protects itself with table limits. You know, and you need an infinite amount of money, you know, just pure wealth 
to make the martingale, you know, foolproof. But there is, uh, you please sit down when I say this, don't fall over. <laughs> there, there are ways to utilize the martingale system in the short term without totally embracing it. And there's nothing more attractive to me than when I first started to get myself acclimated to legalized state gambling apps and they put in games that were live. They were live, 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 okay? They weren't a computer chip. Live blackjack, live roulette, and my favorite, live, live craps. And some of these games, particularly live craps, was a 50-cent minimum bet. So, hey, 50-cent minimum bet. And say I put $25, you know, <laughs> I lay it out there. I'm only going to lose $25 today, okay? So I'm going to play the field for 50 cents. I lose it. I'm going to play it for a buck. <laughs> I lose it. I'm going to play it for two bucks. You know, I could do it. And, you know, it's, it's unlikely statistically, believe me, for you to lose a field bet six times in a row, seven times in a row. <laughs> Usually when I'm doing this, you know, by the third or fourth time, I'm going to win a field bet. <laughs> and my goal for the day, this, this is like a 10-minute activity, might be to win $4. <laughs> then I'm going to close it out and put it back in my checking. All right, so there you go. I made $4, you know. Help me pay for my Starbucks that day. So back of the tables, you know, got to increase your bet every time you lose a little bit. You know, I mean, so I'm just saying, there's, understand the Martingale system. You lose, you double your bet. 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 Okay, come on. When's the field number going to come up? You lose, you double your bet. Hey, the next one, it comes up. And I'm okay again, all right? How many times have you been at a, at a craps table or even on a betting app where you're playing regular craps the way that you play it? And you realize you're down $150, you know, you better stop. <laughs> but with the Martingale system and just picking on the field, because it's a one-roll bet that play, pays even money, you can bet it when you want to. You don't have to do it every every roll, you know. It's a way to enjoy crafts with a really good chance that you're going to come out even at worst, okay, because the bets are so small. It's not like you need some giant bankroll you're not going to approach the table limit that i can think of on, on online gambling you know <laughs> and you're going to end up being even and then you know win the next one in your head <laughs> so the martingale betting strategy system from way back in 18th century france still resonates today with cheapos like me <laughs> with online gambling for 50 cents you lose a 50 cent live hand in blackjack you bet a buck <laughs> you lose that one you bet two bucks then you bet four bucks then you oh, you win an eight bucks you know <laughs> and you're right back we started so when the next hand you're up you just gotta quit that's all <laughs> something for you to consider okay we'll be right back and talk about how we should close out the show today game over man game over 
game over, man. It's game over. Well, if you're picking this before the Super Bowl, you're picking us up um, after considerable study. <laughs> Even though I love Mahomes, I'm going to go with the Eagles, man. You are an idiot. That's right. You heard me. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. You are an idiot. I'm doing the best that I can, all right? You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, recreational gambling. <laughs> Hope to have a good time. Could have a bad time. Just don't know. But I don't think I'm an idiot. Come on, give me a break. You know, we made reference uh, in uh, our feature story of, you know, casinos group therapy, talking about Gen Z power in casinos, and uh, really across our society, about the age of the quarterbacks in the final um, four games, final two games, the final four teams. Joe Burrow, age 26, Patrick Mahomes, age 27, Brock Purdy, age 23, and Jalen Hurts, age 24. So they're all Gen Z. And sociologically speaking, the youngest millennials are 28. And I know boomers, um, many people, you know, parents of Gen Z, they incorrectly call anyone in their 20 millennials, but that's not how it is sociologically. So the youngest millennials are 28. And the, the young people in casinos, you know, at the dance parties, you know, playing cornhole games, you know, foosball, etc. they're Gen Z, you know. So in a, in a state where it's 21, so it's 21 to 27 through 27 to be a Gen Zer, right? <laughs> Can you call them Zoomers? I think some people do, right? But truthfully, I love playing craps uh, with Gen Z people. Again, that that phrase they bring a whole new flow of energy they bring a whole new energy they're a lot of fun to american casinos and uh, i enjoy them there um you know the boomer music that we usually hear on weekdays is you know 50 years old (laughs) you know give us a break i think that uh, the gen z generation can take casino revenues higher because they're making casinos do more to earn their money you know uh, it's about 50% of the profits in Las Vegas on the Strip uh, are from gambling, and the other 50% comes from the restaurants, the entertainment, the shows, um, the bars, the dance parties, etc. that we're talking about. You know, if you ever paid $10 for a beer <laughs> at a Vegas pool, you understand it quickly how it adds up. So, yeah, Gen Z, I'm a big believer in them. Um, they can take it higher, I believe, and I think they will. <clears throat> Finally, though, if you do have a gambling problem, I'm not making light of it, get, get yourself help. And if you just can't stop, you just can't stop yourself and you lose and lose and lose substantial amounts of money, then you're going to have to consider a lifetime ban. And um, that's just how it is. You know, people who um, are alcoholics and go through rehab, they uh, can't go back to it. It's a lifetime mental ban that they have um, and it changes things for the better. And for some people, that's what they have to do with gambling. They just have to give it up and be banned because they don't have the strength to stay away themselves. So casinos will honor that, and that's a very drastic, dramatic uh, state because you can't, it's irreversible. But nonetheless, if you have to consider it, please consider it. For all the rest of us, it's gambling on a budget, you know, having a loss limit because there's plenty of days where we don't win a thing. And as Janie demonstrated just a few days ago, when you do win, you have to quit when you're ahead. You do those things, and you're doing things that Casinos USA way. So thank you for listening. Um, I can't believe 
we just completed our 147th podcast and thousands of people out there and you're one of them made it all possible thank you so much uh we'll see you again very soon couple weeks take care